our case, we said for no extra cost, you preferred equity people can choose. So at the fifth year, you'll either get your $100,000 back plus all your 10% every year, or you can double down and convert it to participating equity forever. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, I have Josh McCallum. Josh, how are you doing today? Great, Todd. This is, this is a great show already. I love it, man. I'm a big <laughs> fan of yours. Well, appreciate it and definitely appreciate you coming on the show to give our listeners a little bit about Josh. Josh is a renowned hospitality expert, a conference speaker, a producer, and podcast host. His unique approach to entrepreneurship, which he terms capital hacking, sets him apart as a true innovator and thought leader in today's business landscape. His genuine other-centeredness and true love of service have made him a remarkably attractive syndication partner for many. As a hospitality executive, innovator, and builder, and investor, his transformative soulful service approach is quickly elevating him to the status of a resort rehab guru. And with that said, Josh, give our listeners a Whoa. <laughs> about your background, what you're doing today, and uh, and why you're so awesome, man. I love it. Well, Todd, uh, uh, that's humbling. <laughs> you know what just happened? There was someone else wrote my bio. It was a team, uh, a team, Perfect. a husband wife team, um, Amalia and Dan. Thanks for a great bio there, guys. Uh, they're, they, they've been working with me for a year and I did not realize we wrote a new book. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. Both hey, of you guys. It was, it was good. And obviously uh, they think highly of you. And I think a lot of people do because you were introduced to us by a, a previous guest, Eric Cabral um, spoke very highly of you. And I've heard a couple other people mention your name. So it's always good. Dude, Todd, that's a big you. deal. So I was looking you up, Todd, and I will tell you more about me here in a second. But uh, I was super impressed that you got on Bigger Pockets podcast two forty eight. <laughs> what a big deal that is! And uh, I'm really a big admirer of them, Brandon Turner, Josh Dorkin, yeah. Dave Green. Get to know them. I've gotten to know them a little bit. Are you in a go abundance with us? I, you know, I'm not. A, I've, I've just was told by uh, one of my investors that I need to join. So we'll see. We'll see. You should. Uh, good news, though. I've got Brandon Turner coming to Minneapolis April 24th and 25th. I'm, I'm hosting a conference, which, I, by the way, I would love to have you Big at. Time. But Brandon Turner's that. coming. So it's really Congratulations, cool. buddy. See, I, I knew it. I looked it up. First of all, there's a lot of reasons for us listeners, okay? We're all, we're all in the same boat, all of you pillars of wealth listeners and community like I love being part of now. Thank you for having me. Um, we we're impressed by you, Todd, because you're at you're at episode. I think you're in the two hundreds as well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This will be and, like two fifty something, probably. Okay, so I'm like your bigger pockets uh, number, <laughs> right? You, you were two forty eight. I'm two fifty <laughs> in your world. It's a big deal, guys. If whoever's driving, don't swerve off the road. But Todd hitting the two hundred mark and getting to the three hundred mark, there's probably like rarefied one single digit people that ever reached that many consistent shows, which it's by crazy. the way, as an outsider, it tells me that you're a guy that can get things done and stick with it and add value. So an honor <laughs> I appreciate, to be on your show. It, man. appreciate it. We are, um, you know, 
real quick. So Amalia and Dan wrote, uh, wrote that nice uh, intro, but there is a lot of truth in what they were trying to articulate. We, we, um, we, we really got into syndication, which I believe you're in as well with yeah. apartments. We're like the apartment syndicator that does resorts. Yeah. So it's very similar to what you do. Um, I'm friends with a lot of those guys. I'm a part of the real estate guys network, uh, real estate radio guys, where we do the secrets of syndication and capital hackings, our podcast. And we bring a bunch of people down to learn how to syndicate efficiently and ethically. Yeah. And so I'm like the guy that does it for resorts and we have a nice team called accountable equity. My wife's part of that. Um, the one thing they left off in the bio is usually the one that makes everybody die laughing, but, um, Melanie and I have been married 22 years. That's not funny, Todd. Okay, that's not funny. That's the real deal. But she and I have great, been graced with 10 children. And wow. the 10th baby is going to be born in a few days. So by the time this airs, we will be holding the 10th baby. Wow, man. Wow, wow, wow. And I'm so, I'm, your wife probably works full time, right? She works, well, listen, I, I don't know if you meant that as a joke or not, because she does work way more than full-time. I know you know that, uh, uh, but she also does work with us in accountable equity. She really? serves as in the oh president's seat, actually. That is unreal. Um, what an amazing woman if she can take care of 10 kids and be doing more. She is amazing. That's amazing. That's She's amazing. amazing. We do have... Uh, strategies to get her involved but she um you know she's here two days a week at the actual properties but uh it's more you know why we did it todd is more not that we didn't want to put any more burdens on beautiful melanie but she adds that feminine voice and um i've really come to really appreciate the combination of men and women in in our company so She hasn't, she hasn't worked outside the home in 20 years, but now she works outside the home and in home, of course. That's good. But That's um, awesome. no, I mean, I'll answer any question you want. I'm just honored to be here. So uh, resorts. So you guys are, are, are buying resorts. Uh, are they distressed resorts? Take me through kind yep. of what your acquisition sure. is like. And what are you doing? How are you being profitable on these resorts? That's a good question. So the big difference, I guess, so, so the similarities to the world of apartment syndication is that we raise money with a private placement. Good people from all over the country join us. Some use their IRA money. I'm sure you guys talk about that. Yeah. Some people use their cash out of their account um, and they, they can start at 50,000. So that's how we buy a resort. But the difference between apartments is apartments have a really interesting model. And I, I love a few apartment guys. Like I'm big friends and partner with Matt Faircloth, who's a bigger mm-hmm. pockets contributor. And he is a fantastic apartment syndicator, I'm sure as, as you are. And whereas resorts, we're, we're a big operating company, meaning uh, an apartment, you can usually find a wonderful team locally where everybody the asset, and that's a genius, fantastic way to scale your business. We could theoretically do that in resorts, but um, what we've really been called to do is be the managers. So we're really the heart, and I'll show you if you have a camera screen. Yep. Viva May really is the name of the brand that we are managed by. It's our brand. Um, so it's like our tiny baby Hilton. And it has a, a really heartfelt meaning. And it means in a stylized French term, it means to revive the soul. So when we look at resorts, we want them physically, we want them affordable. We want to buy them distressed. And what we always say is delayed maintenance is one of our best friends because it allows us to come in there, buy affordably, just like you would buy a cheap flip house and 
imprint a very thoughtful design, yeah. not haphazard. Just like when you buy a flip house and somebody put a real tiny addition on and it's ridiculous and it's got seven and a half foot ceilings. You're like, why did they do it that way? Yeah. And you almost, yeah. you wish they didn't, right? You're like, now I got to fix this. We love buying them where they need everything from roofs and HVAC systems to reconfigurations because we'll take the money we would have paid them for a retail price and put it into a integrated thoughtful design. So our skills go through the design features, the, but at the end of the day, we want to manage them. And that's kind of a strength we have is we're not, we're not trying to buy them and flip them. We're trying to buy them, restore them. So we say revive the soul of the building. And then we want to revive the soul of hospitality. And this is kind of the mission we're on in life. And I'll, I'll take a deep breath here so you can catch up. But our, our real purpose is Viva May. And that's where we're going to uh, share with you some core values of how we run business our business and other businesses we've been a part of and how Viva May can really, um, we we call it soulful, soulful service. And what we do is we, um, we treat everyone who walks through the door with infinite dignity and worth. And so this kind of hospitality, sometimes some people call it old fashioned hospitality where people treat you right. And they love you when you walk in the door. That's what we engender and train and we're rigorous about training every week on the why we do what we do, we call it. So I've given you a mouthful, but I can also slow down and just give you the, the simple structure. Buy something, I'll give you an example from the Renault Resort we just bought. We bought it for $5 million from a bank. It had, at one point, been appraised to over $10 million, but because of downturns in the management and a, a very tired family that ran it, it just fell into the ground. Bank took it over, we bought it from the bank. So we paid either half or less than half of its retail market value. We then spent $10 million upgrading it. So we spent more upgrading it than paying for it. And the reason we did that is uh, it's a 155-year-old resort, winery, golf course, 240 acres, 120,000 square feet. And we turned it, we wrote a business plan. We uh, captured leads from weddings to fill the property up. You're looking at it in the background. It's absolutely breathtaking. Um, it's really the size of a small town. Like we have numerous, we can do five weddings at the same time, five commercial wow. kitchens, three wow. bars, two restaurants, hotel. It's, mm-hmm. it's a different scale than what you might think. It's quite big. And then a beautiful, really world-class golf course called uh, Vineyard National. So... And not to mention, so we've been making $5 one. million. Dollars. Yep. Yeah, we really, we, we, we took a home run here. And to give you an example, Cushman Wakefield appraised it um, this fall. We've only owned it for over, uh, just over a year. And the new appraised value is 19.5, just from the work we did and the pipeline of sales. Yeah. So that's how we do it. We force appreciation. We force appreciation through fixing the property physically and then selling the heck out of the assets and doing a great job. And by selling it, we create a pipeline of revenue and that revenue then changes the valuation of the business. Yeah. I mean, very, very obviously similar approach to multifamily with obviously a different twist to it. Right. Correct. Um, so when, when you're doing this, your overall business strategy, is it to keep these properties long-term or are you coming in, doing your work, working your magic, and then exiting out? 
So our Viva May is meant to be a perpetual hold. Um, so what we tell our investors is, you know, that we, we, I'll give you all kinds of answers about the depth of how we design our PPMs and stuff, but yeah. I don't want to overwhelm you. The simple fact is, is we recapitalize our investors, meaning we give them back their initial investment plus profits, usually within five years or less Got it. through debt refinance. Yeah. And then of course we, we are a mega depreciation asset, right? Yeah. We have so many, chairs and spoons look i'm holding up <laughs> knives everything yeah. from equipment to desks we we have tons of it so there's really good tax advantages yeah probably some of the best in real estate first sure. oh i'm sure i'm sure things are depreciated on what five-year scale or maybe yes. even less bonus yeah um, with bonus right now bonus, we I mean, yeah we, we we it's a very smart tax advantaged way to earn a, a double digit return from real estate and I'm going to throw one last thing that's going to blow your mind, Todd. We are a resort, which means you actually want to come see it when you own it. Do you know what I mean? So our investors are always welcome here. Of course, they're limited partners. They're not active members of the management, but. But they can they still are, come and drink some wine and. Exactly. Yeah, right, right, cool. That's, that's actually a really good bonus. So when you're, you're looking for these properties, you guys, where are you like, where's your office, main office located? Great question. Well, I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, This property is in New Jersey, about an hour from my personal home. We are about to acquire, we believe two new properties this year. So we'll be raising more capital. One will be outside of Annapolis, Maryland. So a beautiful waterfront, 200 acre resort. And then one will be a more functional convention center uh, up in North Jersey. But uh, we will buy regionally, I think, for the next two years. But eventually, Todd, uh, we, will, we will be on the path to 100 resorts nationally, um, mostly because um, this may sound cheeky, but our heart isn't so much in the syndication necessarily or in the construction, though we're very strong at both and we love them. Our heart is restoring and reviving hospitality for the guests. So we have this kind of calling where we want to get to a hundred beautiful resorts that are delivering this kind of soulful service where you're treated with infinite dignity and, and uh, it's really tangible. You'd have to, as a matter of fact, Todd, we got to get you out here because um, you probably know Jay Scott, and Matt Faircloth from Bigger Pockets, they're both doing a mastermind here in a few weeks or so. Hmm. Um, that's actually a cool thing too. When you have a resort, people do masterminds at your resort. Yeah. yeah. How cool is that, Todd? <laughs> and you get a free invite probably. I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So I, I, I guess I'm not you know, familiar a ton with your niche of your industry. Sure. Least the hospitality is a big word, right? You've got the Marriott and you've got the you know, Hilton's of the world, but those are different. That's not what you're doing. Is there a kind of a, you know, when we look at like multifamily, we've got institutional buyers that are really coming in and, and have over the last 20 probably years and really consolidated the market a lot. The same thing is starting to happen in mobile home parks. Is that a oh, really? thing in your resorts? Absolutely. Yeah. Let me give you two examples that you'll know of. Okay. So there's this famous properties, uh, mostly city oriented, but Kimpton. Have you ever heard of Kimpton hotels and resorts? I have, I have not. No. Okay. So maybe it's an East coast thing, but Kimpton 
was one of those pioneers maybe 20 years ago. They started building beautiful, they reclaimed old buildings that were, I don't know if they were even all hotels. Sometimes they were office buildings and they're in the middle of a really cool part of the city. And then they turned them into these posh hotels. Got it. Really awesome style. Maybe not everybody's taste, a little more modern, but that grew to 40 units and then sold the double. It basically it sold, it sold the real estate, went to a REIT, and the, the brand and the business grew to a, a public company. So my point is there, there's ways where as these grow up and become multiples of the same type of brand, like in our case, Viva May, and we're all managed the same way, there'll be many different ways for massive exits, yeah. high multiple exits. Yeah. But that's not so much our heart. Uh, there's yeah. another one that you've heard of. There's another one that we've all heard of that grew from similar to, similar to our beginnings, you know, one-off resort, then another one, then another one. And probably at year 10, the famous properties called Four Seasons Resorts and Hotels, you've probably heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, it only took them probably 10 years, and then they had five, six, seven. By the time they sold for multiple billions of dollars, they only had 100 resorts in the whole country, wow. the whole world. And they sold to Bill Gates and Prince Ali. So there are ways to have major exits or just roll-ups roll yeah. or, or get purchased by a curio collection from Hilton or, or, or Marriott autograph collection and they buy all, all of them. Yeah. So there's various exits. Um, we, we don't really talk about that much. You're the first yeah. person that's ever asked me that. I, I'm really proud of you. Normally, we just talk about how they're great cash flowing assets for our investors. It's, pre- it's pretty much going to be a buy and hold. Um, if there's, a, you know, this one is, is partially in an opportunity zone. Mm. If you've heard of those, you know, yeah. so we did an opportunity zone fund. You and did. that means, okay. you, yeah, and that means you need to hold it for 10 years to really yeah. maximize it. Yeah. So our investors know they're in for at least 10, but they'll have their money back fast. They'll have income forever. and. Uh, it's a good win-win. We talk about it up front. When you do this, uh, maybe Opportunity Zone might have been a little different, but when you do your traditional fund and, and you're raising and you do that refinance, are the investors staying in uh, long-term and do they keep, do they maintain their shares or how do you trade that? Great question. So now this shows me that your audience must be pretty knowledgeable, right, Todd? Because we're going so. in. I think so. We good. try to talk about this stuff. So hopefully they're kind of, following along and i think they're pretty dang smart people so i believe in that because the name of the show is pillars of wealth so you don't listen to this show to to chuckle even though i know todd and i you know we like to make you enjoy your time so uh the answer on your question was about um about how do they stay in the deal yeah so we you know what you're gonna like this and this is gonna get really specific everybody so i hope you're holding on to your steering wheel it's not going to be funny. It's going to be very specific. So when, when a person does a private placement memorandum, like us, we're the sponsors, you have options to design the investment to fit the investors and the property. You kind of have to do an assessment. You have to say, yeah. well, this is going to be a 10-year hold. So we, first thing we're going to tell our investors is it's not going to be easy for you to get your money out in two weeks or 10, 10 days. Or, yeah. It's going to take time. And you're here because you believe in the asset and it's long-term wealth building. So we go through that and then we design the offering that is meant for that type of investor. Yeah. Great for IRA people, by the way. So then with the type of equity we sold, that's your question. 
we sold limited partnership equity. Now, of course, we're using the word partnership, but it's actually an LLC. So limited interest where you are my partner and our partner forever. We do not buy you out. And we don't change your your equity position either. You bought in, you stay at that equity position forever. The big secret is though, we as the sponsors, we get to choose. Do we take equity payments now? Or do we get something called an 80-20 split? Or, or, or do we get 10% of the deal, 30% of the deal, 50% of the deal? Here's what we do. We don't take any money from distributions until 100% of the investor's money is back in their hand and their preferred or, or their preference. So I always say, think of the preference this way, Mr. or Mrs. Investor. If you gave us $100,000 or $50,000, but let's choose 100, it's easier. And we told you we'd pay you 6% on top of your money for as long as we had your money. Plus you'd get your money back first. Plus you'll be our partner forever. Then here's how we're going to do it. We as the sponsors will not take equity distributions. Like cash flow distributions will all go to, to the investors. Once you're paid back, we then also have to give you 6% on your money. Then we're partners equal. Then we're equal partners forever. Okay. And as money comes in, we both cut it in half. So the sponsor gets half and the investors get half, but not until the investors have their money back. And at that point, we're all equals in a sense. We all have equity, but none of us have money in the business anymore. And that's how we run our private placement. The other thing we cool, which is really special, is um, we created a C-class or a third type of equity. So if we have sponsor equity, that has to be patient. We have, we call it B equity, which is our limited partners forever. And then we created a third type of equity called preferred equity. This is true preferred, old fashioned preferred equity, where we give you double digits cash on cash right away. 10% is what we give. And then we, we will buy you out when we've paid you back plus your 10%. Takes us about five years as well. Or now this is where it gets really crazy. And I hope everybody's holding on to the steering wheel. We came up with a really cool thing that our our securities lawyer designed, and it's called an option. We've all heard the word option before. It means whatever definition you want it to mean. In our case, we said, for no extra cost, you preferred equity people can choose. So at the fifth year, you'll either get your $100,000 back plus all your 10% every year, or you can double down and convert it to participating equity forever. So we give you five years to get double digit returns and keep your eye on us. If you like us and you want to be part of this for the rest of your life, then just commit your capital to be a partner. So again, the option is free and voluntary. The normal offering is, is normal preferred equity. We're going to pay you back and buy you out. But you, the investor, get the option to stay in. Did I answer the question? Okay. <laughs> Beautifully. That was really cool. And I'm sure there's going to have to be some people that'll need to rewind that, listen to it again. And, but I would suggest writing it down. Like I wrote all that down and now I just need to read through it one more time. and I've got it. <laughs> we don't mean to make it complicated. <laughs> no, it, it's we, actually not. It's really a pretty simple look. I'm going to give you 6% and, and once you're all your money's back, plus that's we're partners. We're partners. 
we're going to split. That's right. We're going to up until the day we sell, we're splitting. Once we sell, we split that profit. Exactly. And, and then the other guys are, hey, you're getting ten percent. You're getting no upside. But if you want, we'll cut you in later. You can make exactly. a decision later down the road. We don't have to worry about it right now. You said it. You Please said it better me. than me. Thank you. <laughs> but isn't that option Maybe cool? I should be I mean, your that- sales guy. You are, you are my sales guy. Join the team, buddy. And that option became uh, important because, um, so we have a lot of investors yeah. and resorts are expensive. Yeah. They have massive wealth building potential. They have to be run very well. So we encourage our investment partners to really get to know us, yeah. to understand our deep WHY, our why. And if you follow that, you follow our business plan. And then, of course, we have track records of success. This is not our first rodeo. We've built an entire resort business that I exited from that was very lucrative. And so this is our, this is the first time we're doing it as a syndication, though. Got it. And uh, I'd love if you feel, I'm going to pause because you, you probably have a lot of questions, but feel free to ask me the question about the last two years of how I learned, how we transitioned from into syndication because we used to do this without syndication. Hmm. And it was very, um, it's been a blessing to become a syndicator. Really a big blessing. One of the best things before we talk about that is your limited partners or potential limited partners, all they got to do, and this I'm so jealous about this. All they got to do is come spend a weekend exactly. in your resort <laughs> exactly. and they can determine if they love what your business is all about. I'm so jealous. My, my potential investors can't go fly down to one of my properties and just spend the week there. Like, it's true. So. No, so, so yeah, it's a it's a little it. unfair, right? Yeah, it's a little it's unfair totally advantage. Unfair. I'm so jealous of it. Sorry like, about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, tell me about that transition. So you started out no syndication, which is uh, by the way impressive. But then you transitioned into this syndication. First of all, you know, talk, talk about that transition, and then why, and you know, why'd you do it? Why? why sure. So uh, I'm going to give good people credit for a lot of this. So about. I don't know. My wife and I have been married 22 years. We had this super wonderful privilege of living in Europe for four years. That's helped us to really understand the a really beautiful aesthetic. Um, we have really we we have our own in-house designers and architects. We're we're not really kidding around here. We're we really build a company. So so we have we we had this privilege, but when we came home to America 13 years ago now, we had been in Europe so long, four years, we had no real business contacts or anything. And we were running like a a 700 year old resort uh, university campus. So it was a resort and a university campus. And we were the operators. Was that in Europe or was that when you came back? In Austria. That was in Austria. Okay. Outside of the uh, Vienna. So we come back and we say, gosh, man, it's the boom. It was still the boom time. Like you remember the, before the depression. And I said, man, my dream, my whole life is to be a land developer, but I don't know anybody in land development. So we, we clawed our way into land development by becoming a mortgage broker and all these cool things. And we got this privilege to be mentored by a wonderful person who is a very, very high net worth individual. So he took me under the wing when I was young. And the first projects we got to do for him were $5 million house flips. So crazy, crazy size house flips. Wow, yeah we're basically selling to famous celebrities and athletes and we're doing it on the New Jersey coast. So the New Yorkers and the Philadelphians would buy them. And it was eye opening. Um, you know, it was the crazy heyday. So there were no real contractors left. They were all too damn busy. So we ended up learning 
not only how land development works legally and everything, but actually how to build. And so we would be there. Think about it. You're in the middle of a multi-million dollar construction project and your GC is too busy to show up for three days. What are you going to do? Stop the project? No, you're going to take over and be the GC. So we became, I think we built uh, personally anywhere between 30 and $50 million, depending on how you count it. And boy, did we learn how to build things. And uh, then the recession happened and we, you know, three years of scrapping and struggling, just like anybody uh, bought a franchise business, things like that. And when we came back, we, um, we, uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to, I don't want to take you down too many paths here, but I think it was about syndication. So I'll, I'll tell you, here's what happened. I came back from the great recession, that same wealthy individual, that wealthy, wealthy family owned a dilapidated hotel that they were going to tear down, but then the depression started. So they never tore it down. You get it? So they're sitting on this dump for five years that they don't even tell anybody they own. It's so ugly. And um, he says, what, do we, what should we do with it? You know, because it was 2012 now. He said, well, I think the depression's slowing down. Let's, let's do something with that hotel. So I wrote a business plan to restore it. And the, the idea would be, let's restore coastal properties up and down the Northeast where there's plenty of money, but ugly buildings. <laughs> and he said, I love that idea. And then we'll get managers to manage it and we'll just keep doing it up and down the coast because he had plenty of money. Well, this first one, uh, you know, I hired a travel channel designer and we came up with all these cool ideas and we, we changed the look to a mid-century modern chic beach house boat hotel. And it was awesome physically. And it was awful management. We hired a, boot, a professional management company and they failed us so bad that the F word was a common word at our front desk because that's how much people hated us. <laughs> they, they loved the way we looked, but that we were awful. They were awful at cleaning. They were awful at getting people in their rooms on time. They were awful everywhere because uh, some other time I'll explain. Uh, I, no I mean, hard feelings. Yeah. Hard. I mean, but look, when you go to a resort, I, I don't care how beautiful it is. You still want a clean room. You still want good service. Um, you're not going to go Trust back me. if you don't get the same. Like, Trust me. Uh, you, you guys, we've all been to one of those resorts oh, that's yeah. either at the you top of a back. mountain. To like like maybe it's a ski in, ski out, yeah. or maybe yeah. it's a beachfront in the Northeast. Those properties are the hardest to run because they're only busy for a few months. Mm. And then they're super quiet for the rest of the year. Mm. So what ends up happening to those managers is they – they don't get staff that they can hold on to because yeah. they lay everybody off in a few months. Yeah. So it is brutally the hardest type of management. So that's where we cut our teeth, built our own management company and grew four. I think we had uh, when I left, we had three, three highly profitable properties. The, the valuation from the first one was 8 million after investments. We had three, we refinanced, refinanced. We got it to a hundred million dollar valuation in five years. Wow. And that's the type of wealth building I'm talking about. Well, here's what happened. That was all a wonderful family's wealth. I was a small piece of that. So my point is, I didn't need, we didn't need syndication. Yeah. We didn't even know it existed. Yeah, yeah. We always thought the only way to buy a resort is to be very, very wealthy. Be very wealthy. Or be Marriott. But, but we didn't see any way in between until syndication. Yeah. And so syndication, then when you brash out on your own, that, that, yes. was, that was the, the result. Got it. That was the right option. And, yeah. right. you know, people like Bigger Pockets. I don't know if I had heard of that show at the time. That wasn't a big, they didn't yeah. talk much about capital raising. 
so we we were introduced by uh, some good friends to the Real Estate Guys Radio uh, podcast, and that group really is very very good at teaching ethical fundraising. So that's where we learned it. Awesome, awesome. Changed our life. Oh man, I could keep on. We could like keep on going. We're gonna have to have you back <laughs> on. I, I I love this uh, love this topic and very interesting. So, but I want to wrap up with a couple last questions. Uh, Amen. For you. So, let's talk. Um, one thing I want to know, like maybe give me three, three things that you feel like your company does to continue to be successful. So what are like three key factors that my listeners can take from you and implement into their own business to be successful? Uh, so we'll, we'll use our company, the syndication company, which is called accountable equity, two words, accountable equity. Uh, you know, it's always fun when people say, give me three things. So I I'm probably have three. So I'm going to share with them in stream of thought here. Number one, accountable equity. This is maybe good for anybody who's ever going to start a company. What's your why? Mm-hmm. And if you can put the why into the name of the brand. This has like been a, a very strategic thing I've done with three companies. All have been very, very successful. So what is your Why? and put it into the actual name of the business. And the reason I say that is because from then on, it's like you're being held accountable by your own brand name and you're, you're, you're telecasting or projecting to everyone why you do what you do. And fundraising for us is all about being accountable Um, and raising money from wonderful, good families all over the country means we're accountable to people that aren't independently wealthy and ultra wealthy. So accountable equity is a good example of how we name our businesses so that we keep our, our why in front of us. Number two, number two is, um, and this may or may not be normal advice, but we're very big believers of moving from solo entrepreneurship to, to true corporate entrepreneurship. And I don't know if that's the right word. Corporate might sound negative. I don't mean negative. I mean a team of operators. And this is a big, important step. People that have syndications have the privilege of a different size of scale. So the family that's going to raise money from Uncle Jimmy and go buy a first house flip, husband and wife who raised the bar of the money are the only operators. Maybe it's just husband. Maybe it's just wife. And they have to buy the house, figure out how to fix it, rent it out, get a debt. They have to do everything. Chances are they're good at one or two of those four things, maybe not all four. And it's pretty risky, ironically. But if you join a syndication that's run by a team that believes in structured discipline, you know, and accountability, it's actually a little safer. So the same $100,000 that could have bought the flip house Yes, you're in charge of your destiny. And yes, you're wonderful at it because you may have those gifts. God bless you. Nine out of 10 people probably don't have all those gifts. And that's where syndication comes in. So we believe in having strong operators. Okay, that's number two. And anybody that can put operators into their life, even though you're going to have to pay them or you're going to have to share the equity, I think it, it makes your investment safer and it gives you the ability to scale. Yeah. The, the the last thing I would say is, and this is my favorite thing about business, can you, and this goes to anybody, can you add hospitality to your business? So 
I'm in the privilege of, I'm in bars, restaurants, wineries, golf courses. It's clearly hospitality hotels. But when we created the company that raises money, Accountable Equity, we actually, um, this is a really big epiphany and feel free to use this idea. This is great for you and your business. We created a quarterly mastermind for our investors. Okay. And what we do is we show them hospitality. I call it investor hospitality. And we get together, we bring a speaker in regionally, and we talk about the deal that they're in. We talk about deals that we're looking at, and we get to know them. So if you can add hospitality to your type of business model, um, but do it for the purpose. Obviously, it's your business to earn a living. No, no doubt about it. Full disclosure. But you do need to have the other's focus nature of it. You do need to seek the good of the other. And that can be really beautiful, that type of hospitality in anybody's business. Your business could be at a restaurant. You know, you have a wonderful meal for them. You get to know the families that invest. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's actually really cool. Those of you who are in the syndication business, I mean, quarterly, yearly, whatever you want to do is just getting together with your investors and sharing what you're doing. And, and that face-to-face is so powerful, so powerful. I tell people all the time, you know, when they ask me, how do I grow my investor list? And they say, look, you can grow your investor list to a thousand people, but if you haven't met them, the majority of those thousand people are just not going to invest. Just that's a good point. You have to meet them. And face-to-face is so important. So if you can do that, I mean, that's huge. I'm going to implement that into my business right now. So thank you for that, by the way. <laughs> um, okay, so... What's a favorite book? So um, we've had the privilege on our podcast, Capital Hacking, to have Robert Kiyosaki on the show. And clearly, Rich Dad, Poor Dad shocks you if you read it 20 years after you've read it. So I'll I'll definitely put Robert Kiyosaki's book up there. The second and third time you read it, sometimes you realize at first I thought it was simple points, but really there's some profound stuff in there. Like, Mm -hmm. you, you know, like the one whole thing about, the rich don't work to earn, they work to learn. That yeah. that'll that'll mess you up if you start thinking about it. That's really yeah, good stuff. Yeah. I'm reading but, it to my daughter right now. But I'll t- okay. by the way, you're right. Kids can actually get into it because it's an yeah, easy story. She, you're she right. Loves it. But I will tell you the most important book. So that that book's cool. The most important book for me that changed our life and really has set me on this course has been Dale Carnegie, mm-hmm. which is how to win friends and influence mm-hmm. people. Well, and well, well. Um, you know, it's funny. I personally hate the title of that book, so I tend not to use the title. I always say, if you've read it, you sounds like you've read it before, Tom. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm working on this. I'm wondering if someday I'll write a book that this title. But I think the title in modern English, because that was written a hundred years ago, in modern English would have been "Live for Others and Lead." Because if you really read his book, all he talks about is is you must do everything. To influence someone, you must be seeking their good. I did not read that book for a long time because the title turned me off. I did not want to learn how to win friends and influence people. It sounded so negative and kind of derogatory. Like, I I don't want to learn how to win friends. I want to learn how to create friendships that are meaningful. And But when you read the book, that's not at all what it's like. It's not about winning friends. I know it, but you know what you and I have to chalk it up to? It was like 1920s when he's writing it. Yeah. And he's, those are like the first era of self-help books. He's one of the first ever. Yeah. So he's just pulling out names that make sense to him. And you know what? 
there's a lot of people that are different than you and I that actually think it's a great title. I'm like, you serious? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. but you and I seem to be cut from the same cloth. <laughs> it, it irks me every time I have to say it. I know. I know. I, like I said, I, I literally would see that title. People tell me about it. I'm like, I don't want to read that book. I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, guys. Everybody who's listening, it maybe grab great. the Audible. Yeah. The kids yeah. like it too, by the way. When you have kids in the car, sometimes you can pop that on and, and they actually like it. There's, there's reasons. I'll tell you some other time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so last question, we got to wrap up. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Um, I don't know. I mean, um, assets. Number one is, is buy assets. Uh, number two, I guess, is to not be greedy. Um, it's and that's what syndication has trained me on. It's just it's okay to share the upside and, yeah. and benefit everybody because you're ultimately all working towards your own personal family goals. You don't have to have a zero sum and take it all. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a third. Those are the two that come to my heart right away. I mean, right. education, man. I'm voracious. We'll put that. We, we got education, have baby. I know because it's nicer to have three. It's nicer. We can't have just have two pillars holding it up. The middle's going to. That's a good point. It'll fall right. down. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, this has been this has been awesome, Josh. Really appreciate you joining us on the show. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Learn more about your businesses and and uh, you know what you do. Well, everybody, like you said, is welcome to stay at our resort. Um, hopefully, we'll have a few more before before too long. But in the meantime, the best thing is we're on social media. We have a podcast. Yeah. Capital Hacking, you yeah. and I are going to do a show together. Capital Hacking, we teach you to see the code of how money works and realize you can be part of it. And then, um, and then honestly, Accountable Equity, come, come visit. We have an event in the next month or so where you can actually come and, and meet the other investors. Even you could come, Todd. We'd love to have you be a keynote this year. We'll talk about that some other time. Um, accountable Equity, is it accountableequity.com? How do they get there? Yes. Yes, that's it. Accountableequity.com. Really cool. You have to spell it all the way out though. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I'll put that on the show notes link, uh, the podcast, accountableequity.com. People can reach out to you and then they can get in touch on social media. So awesome. Josh. By the way, thank it. you. Thank you for uh, all the good people listening too, because uh, it's important that we, Todd, we, we appreciate guys like you that are putting this kind of education out there. It's good for our families to have a path forward for financial freedom and yeah. pillars of wealth so they can do better for their family. Thank yeah, you. hundred percent. hundred percent. Awesome. Well, you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks buddy. A special thanks to Josh McCallan. I appreciate him joining us on the show. A couple of things I took from this episode. First of all, you know, he talks about uh, not having greed, right? And it's so easy to think about the profits, think about how much money we're going to make instead of the difference uh, that we can make instead of the impact that we can make instead of making it just everything better for the people that we're trying to influence. So think about that first. Don't think about the money. The next thing he talked about is focus on moving to a team of operators and uh, with structured discipline. Uh, and then the last thing that he talked about is just knowing your business. Why understanding your business? Why? what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to do. And uh, it, it, he also mentioned, you know, just trying to put that in, in your actual name. If you can put that into the name of your company. Um, so just understanding that. So again, appreciate Josh joining us on the show, a ton of value and a really fun 
uh, interview just a different business model than uh, most people are, are running um, and uh, just a lot of fun to hear him talk about it and obviously the passion he has about it. So again, thanks a lot, Josh, for joining us and you have a fantastic rest of the day. Make every day a Saturday. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out, and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.